Worley Interviews, your late night special on WZLX. Hey, how's it going? Uh, welcome to your late night special, uh, Harry Worley Interviews, dot, dot, dot. Um, today, I'm actually with Cornelius Thespin, uh, who is a professor from Ohio State College. Uh, welcome, Mr. Thespin. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Uh, so today, <clears throat> as we've discussed, I want to talk about the progressive era um, and kind of the reforms that took place in the workplace as well as what happened in the new laws that were passed and the old laws that were changed because uh, that is progressivism, you know, changing changing what was previously established. So <clears throat> I want to start off talking about the Gilded Age because this is the guild, this is the age that kind of you know, it, it precedes the progressive era. So, this is like a dark time in American history, right? Yes, it absolutely is. So, you have, you know, like, you, you have your average male worker who's going to be working six days a week, ten hours a day, not really going to expect to make more than a dollar fifty a day, right? Why that, do you think that was? I'm, I have to say, it's because we just, like, unlocked, kind of, these superpowers of factories, right? These superpowers of uh, monopolies and trusts. So the companies were greedy? Right. The companies were greedy. These guys were making millions. And like I said, you have your average dude here working six days a week, 10-hour days. He's not going to make... I don't think they would make even more than $500 a year. Probably less than that. Um, so what was the starting event that started to change this? Right. So there actually wasn't really like one event. Um, it was just a series of people getting informed... So you had these interesting things called uh, muckrackers. So this was these were journalists that um, these were journalists that were solely focused on trying to uncover the dirt on these people who were taking advantage of the majority of the population. Exposing. And, yeah, right. Exposing. 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 Um, so <clears throat> you know you have not only muckrackers but you also have these people that were going to court and. Um, and trying to make a difference there. So people like Florence Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about her? Well, she uh, helped persuade the Illinois legislator in 1893 to prohibit child labor and to add limit to the number of hours women could work, which right, helped so, out. So child labor, you know, that was a big thing. Um, coming out of the Gilded Age, everybody wanted to hire kids because you could pay them less. You Therefore, know? the company was making more money in the long run. Exactly, yeah. You'll see these crazy stories, you know? Like, you'll have a kid who just got his pinky ripped off and some sewing machine is crying, starts to doze off, cup of cold water in the face. Hey, you're good to go, Johnny. It's like... That is not acceptable in the workforce. That type of stuff needs to go, you know? Um, and so people like Florence Kelly were instrumental um, in ending stuff like that. Um, so let's get into talking about after these things right you know place. i was actually what, what were the changes and the reforms made right right so um something that i that i was just fascinated in was this thing called the commission system okay um so before you have things like political machines um which just added to the corruption of cities and states um and so what would happen is people would pay taxes people would be promised this and that you know you're you vote for me, you won't have to pay as much taxes. You vote for me, you're going to get a turkey when Thanksgiving comes around. It was a around. bribing system. There was, exactly. And the reason why it's called a political machine is because the first layer here, the first little cog in the political machine is 
these politicians coming to people in need, promising these things that they cannot give them. They get the vote, they get the taxes, and they're just lining their pockets with the money. That is right. That can't happen. And so what's introduced during the beginning of the progressive area, one of the first changes, first reforms, is the commission system. And so what would happen is the power of the city would be placed into the hands of five commissioners. Um, And what I, like I said, what I'm fascinated about is only two of these five were elected. Three were experts who were appointed. And I'm a huge fan of this. It's a democracy, but it's like a logical democracy, you know? What makes you think that? Because people aren't always going to vote for the most competent people. They're going to vote for the most attractive people. Like the most, the people who are really speaking to them and like are saying things that they can relate to. However, you really need to take into account that it is studying, it is academic. It's, you need to have an expert in office no, but as well. Don't you think if the topic is the workforce, anybody that's trying to reform the workforce is going to be attractive to most of the people? Right. And that's exactly what I'm saying is the problem. Um, You you can't just have anyone saying, listen, there are problems here. Like, that's not going to... You need to have, like, statistics and actual information. You need to have experts, and that's what they would do. So they would have three experts who were appointed and two who were elected. And And who are these experts? Well, they're the commission... Well, experts are usually college graduates, um, usually graduates of grad school. Um, These guys were studying how to manage a city. They were studying how to manage a huge group of people. Um, and I just think it's really cool. And then additionally, what was new is you'd have a full-time city manager, um, and they would they would be hired to run each department of the city, and they would report to that council of commissioners. And they were just looking out for the workers? Yeah. Which is great. So someone like uh, Robert LaFollette, who was the governor of Wisconsin in 1901, introduced the following progressive reforms, which affected the population on the state level. Right. Uh, And what are those reforms? Referendum was one of the reforms, um, a procedure in which voters cast ballots for or against proposed laws. Which I'm... We take that for granted. We don't realize that that was barely over 100 years ago. Um, And I just think that that's absolutely crazy. You know, that's a new concept. Um, Another thing that (coughs) Governor LaFollette uh, proposed was recall. Um, and you know, we all know that that is just the citizen's right to remove an elected official from office, uh, which is just crazy. You know, this is literally coming in 1901. Uh, it kind of puts into perspective how the progressive era was so monumental because we had lived the way the country is structured right now, um, is new, you know, we're barely over a hundred years in, in the progressive era reforms. Um, something else that I find interesting was, um, this thing called the spoil system, which wasn't the formal, it, it was kind of an informal way of referring to the corruption, um, which a, a corruption that was involved within um, how state civil service members were elected. Um, so the spoil system is basically an arrangement that employed and promoted government officials who are supporters of the political group in power. Um, and eventually, you know, towards the end of the Gilded Age, it, it kind of progressed into the firing of political enemies and the hiring of political friends, uh, which is crazy. And so what we, what we, Robert LaFollette does as a governor of Wisconsin is he uh, basically says, listen, this is not going to happen. You know, if you have connections with the political party in power, you're going to have to argue that you are not being biased. 
being biased, you're not being promoted um, due to any any connection with them, any affiliation with them, which I think is interesting. So it was evening the playing field. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. leveling it, so to say. Right, right. Um, and so the last two things I want to talk about was um, the anthracite coal strike of 1902. Okay. As well as <clears throat> um, the termination of J.P. Morgan's Northern Securities Company. Um and, and how President Roosevelt was involved in these two incidences. So the first one was the coal strike of 1902. Um, this was huge. You know why it was huge? I do not. Please tell me. Uh, it's going to be because Roosevelt acts as a mediator. Um, and so, you know, the miners are striking. What were some of the things that, like, people in these labor conditions would strike for? They wanted to shorten the work days, and they wanted recognition from their union, and they also wanted higher wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see these people in um, in the United Mine Workers Union um, who are not getting the recognition that they kind of want uh, by their by their company of employment, <clears throat> and so they go on strike. And what happens is we see this sort of uh, this sort of development of events, which became prominent in the Gilded Age which is when um, the employer would just resort to violence um, because they weren't making money. They were frustrated. They couldn't get other people to come because now word is out that they weren't treating their employees well. Um, so then the company starts having issues because they don't have any employees. Exactly. And so what happens here, which is really, really special, is uh, President Teddy Roosevelt actually acts as a mediator. Um, so he's going to sit down with the um, employer and the employees that are on strike. Set up. Some form of a system where they both feel like they're being treated fairly. Right. And so what's interesting is um, he actually agrees to never have their union acknowledged. So what he does get is higher wages and shorter work days. So it kind of, the conclusion of it all looks something like this. They say, out of the goodness of our hearts and due to no reason involving a union, we have decided to give our employees longer work days and a greater wage, which is kind of frustrating, but I mean... If you put pride aside, you get what you want. And then um, <clears throat> the second thing that I wanted to kind of use to wrap up this whole conversation here was um, President Roosevelt on one of his trust-busting efforts. That's like a famous term, trust-busting. Um, that's, that's how people are describing how Roosevelt was leveraging the Sherman Antitrust Act, which wasn't really used by any other presidents before him. It, I mean, it's been a law forever, but no president was really making efforts to break up monopolies and break up trusts. And so Roosevelt felt strongly that the Northern Securities Corporation, which was owned by J.P. Morgan, was a monopoly. And so after an investigation, he ordered his Justice Department to break up the company. <clears throat> So the Supreme Court upheld this action in a 5-4 to four decision on the grounds that the holding company violated the Sherman Antitrust Act by operating in restraint of trade. It was Roosevelt's first major act of trust busting and set the stage for others. Yeah, and so um, that kind of set the message that the government was back in power. Um, these, these guys that had rose to power in the Gilded Age and really took advantage of the system were having that stripped from them. And, uh, you know, it's people like Roosevelt, it's people like uh, Florence Kelly that are really going to establish these outstanding morals during the progressive era that say, you know, we live in America. We, we live need to in make a, changes. We live in a democracy. Let's let the people decide and let's not the few 
who have rose to power through conniving, deception, de deceiving ways uh, dictate how we all live just because they have a ton of money. And uh, yeah, that's that's the progressive era kind of summed up for you guys. Alrighty, uh, you have a great Friday afternoon, Professor. Great, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Boston.